The Weekend Variety Wireless. Morning, everybody. Welcome along to the Weekend Variety Wireless, the Sunday edition. received a package this week. It was sent on the 15th of September. I think that was a Saturday, or 17th, who cares, around about then. Uh, it was couriered. It was using New Zealand Post couriers, and I got a text, did you receive the package? Said no. Um, it arrived just a couple of days ago, and the package was Jimmy's Pies. Jimmy's Pies from the South Island, and Fair enough to say they're beyond fair use. I could have done a Homer Simpson and just had a go at one. Mince and cheese, though, I don't think a month on is a go. Really? New Zealand Post. That was a courier, for goodness sake. Which brings me to um, a grievance. Grievance, what are we up to? 167, I think. Yeah, grievance number 167. People who whine about advertisements. You go online, oh, it's the ads, I hate seeing ads. How much do you freaking get free out of this marvellous world of the internet and you just poo your pants because someone wants to play you an ad? And then there's this whole idea that people think ads are either evil or just some intrusion of the dreadful capitalist system? For goodness sake, it's not true. Wait until you're in the market for something. I was in the market for a brazier. I needed a bra I wanted a brazier. I don't need a brazier. I needed one to sacrifice Christian, to um, uh, just burn wood outside uh, at night and have fun. Went online, tried to find a brazier. You could get a bespoke one from this place in Parnell called Vigils or Us. And it uh, was cast iron and it cost $5,800 bespoke, apparently. Um, not really the thing I was looking for. I gave up. Went to Bunnings, Bunnings Warehouse. Had them, $199 for this huge, big, mothering um, brazier, just the sort of thing I wanted. It was on an ad and I missed it. Junk mail, people who hate junk mail. Oh, no junk mail for me. I get junk mail. I don't put no junk mail on my letterbox. I get the junk mail. I give it a cursory glance. There might be something I'm missing out on. People make and do good things and they want to share them with you that you might get great value. There are occasions when a shop needs to get rid of half its gear at below cost price just so they can get new stuff in. No, I don't want to know about this. It's an advertisement. It's a dreadful thing. Well, bloody grow up. You need to know what's out there, goods, services, and imagine if it was you. You had invented something built something, put care into it, have a great service that you love doing, even if you hate doing it, but you like doing it well. No, we shan't give you any business because you'll have to tell people about it, won't you? And that's an advertisement. We don't like advertisements. Advertisements are dreadful. They're evil. They get in the way. 
they don't. They help your life and people are behind those advertisements and they have jobs and they make things and they do good stuff for you. Or at least you can make up your own mind. There we go. That's my grievance number 167. People who moan about ads. I could even play one now. I could play one. Our favourite Sunday yes. newspaper is now in an easy-to-hold compact size. Oh. Grab your copy of the Sunday Star Times today for a chance to win over $40,000 worth of prizes, Far including out. a VIP cruise package thanks to our friends at House of Travel. Terms and conditions are... House of Travel. $40,000, I could win $40,000. Don't know how, I don't usually enter those things, but I know it's out there, and the Sunday Star Times has gotten smaller. Tamamunk, that's a media affair, isn't it? It is. I noticed it got smaller in the mail today. I subscribed. Yes, and I noticed that there was a tweet from the editor of The Herald on Sunday saying, don't confuse us with them. Oh, <laughs> really? Mm. Oh, well, that's a new form of advertising. Yeah, a little bit of, um, you know, imitation is a sincerest form of flattery in his uh, tweet as well. It's just the size of the thing, not it's the words that are on it. It's cheaper yeah. to make the thing on the smaller paper. Exactly. It was a bit It was a bit big and... Um, oh, no, I'm lamenting the, the demise of the broadsheet. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in mourning because there's something. It's just the size. It's just the size, but there's something nice about lying in bed with your tea and your toast in a cumbersome newspaper that you have to like fold oh, right. back yeah, on yeah. itself. It's like having a big dog. Yeah, I've it? got a big dog. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Marvelous. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll lament the broadsheet. There you go. For that I'm lamenting the demise of the broadsheet. Yeah. Okay. Um. Do, do, anything to say about my grievance? Am I? Have I got the the public wrong? No. I think people do hate ads, and I, but I also think that part of that is around the rise of Google and those sorts of services where people, the assumption is, is that you can go out and find the service. So you, in theory, could have Googled Brazier, right? Did. I did. R right. Oh. But unfortunately, the way the animated. world is built now is that the first post, the first, the first link that's going to come up on your results page is yeah. going to be an ad. Yeah. All of the ones below it have had some kind of marketing boffin put some search engine op optimization in the back end to actually get them to be the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth postings. And so, nothing in this world is for free. And even when you go out and and think that you are proactively searching for something. Actually, the truth of the matter is, is that it's pretty much some kind of paid something gone into the back end of bringing it to your eyeballs first. Local plumber puts card and painter and puts card in the I mailbox. I always keep them. No, Might I've got one on painter. my fridge about one a yeah. guy that does the, the the tidying up your garden. Yeah. How else would you let people know what you're doing? Okay, we've covered that. Yeah. Media stick with Tamamuk will be next. Oh man, we've got so much to cover. Oh, and also um, later on this evening, uh, a, a World War One tale. It's uh, a character called uh, Edward William Edward Sanders, New Zealand's only maritime VC from World War One. A second later. One of the guns hit one of the German sailors and his body exploded and a large portion hit the commander and knocked him into the sea. The Weekend. Variety. Wireless. The baby understands. Well, Singer Fuggle highs in the South. You're not on Twitter. Basically, it's a route to madness. Al-Qaeda is a lethally dangerous man. Tama, Mook, how are you? I'm very well. There's oh. so much to get through. We almost missed that 
bit to get on air, didn't we? We, we did. Oh, this from last night. It was a thing. It really was. <laughs> to the Nuremberg rallies, but... <laughs> oh, that's oh, spectacular, hiss. isn't it? This is the Tongan crowd at Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland. Um, it was a sight and a sound to behold. The singing was amazing. Mm. The entire stadium was packed out with Tongans, which makes me need to say this. I take my hat off to the six Australians who turned up in Australian uh, uniform and <laughs> unafraid, bravely, just stood there and in cheered. In that sea and, of red. Yes, and cheered their brave soldiers on, which must have been quite a thing. Try it the other way around. Yeah. Not much fun. No. So, yeah, but it was a, that was a thing. It was an, uh, a rare audio experience for this country. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll get on to the Bridges Ross scenario very shortly and a level of breaking news, I suppose. Uh, but MasterChef this week, uh, it finished. Ben the Builder, or Ben Barbecue Ben is the nickname that I gave him. Um, at the beginning, who would have thought he'd got anywhere? And this is accentism, I think, on my behalf. Mm. I don't come from Yass in Queensland or wherever the, wherever the hell it is he comes from. Somewhere oh, I've been to Yass. Have you? Is yeah. it in Queensland or New South Wales? No, I think it's northern New South Wales from memory. Okay. I don't think I got quite as far up to Queenstown that trip. Somewhere, day dawn. Uh, from day dawn in uh, New South Wales. Here we go. I don't have very delicate hands. And He finally got to swear. You, you, you watch him and you go, oh, yeah, go. Go, Jess, you um, good thing. <laughs> you know there's another Queensland term that he yeah, really wanted yeah, to say? Yeah. He let one out. No, they're, they're builders' hands. This is a crucial element. This coconut ice cream is, you know, a, a standout on the plate, and I've made a complete bugger up. <laughs> so he did a complete bugger up, and he got to the final, and he was magnificent. But Ice then... cream, I note. Yeah, but it wasn't... Not controversial with the ice cream. It wasn't everywhere like Ice Cream Fabio last year okay. and the, the scandal of the ice cream. This is how it ends. Sashi, time to make it official. Come and get your trophy. Yeah, this is after about uh, three years <coughs> of trying to get through these contests. Get it! And that's it. Oh. Where's the post-match? You see, a game like the Tongans with as much noise... Um, We're still getting post-match. We're still getting post-match. How did they go? I want an interview with Sashi. And that's one of the occasions where I wouldn't mind having a chat with his comely lady and the kids. Or Ben, what went wrong in the final? Who were the best, do you think, Gary, throughout the year? Who was ripped off? Who went too early? Um, we need a post-match. And it just disappeared, and I went... Oh. Is that on demand or something? Is that it? I don't know. Well, it's not on... It's not on the normal telly. Friggin' they buggered it up. Yeah. To quote MasterChef Ben. Barbecue Ben. OK. Uh, it all happened this week. It started with the tape thing. You know, at Paul Goldsmith Function, you saw those two Chinese guys, Zhang Yikun and Colin, 
uh, you had dinner at their home. All right, that's um, yeah. I Jamie mean, this has just been everywhere, hasn't it's it? It's been nuts this week, um, and. I don't know. I, I felt a little bit alone in my own thinking mm. about what the hell was going on. Um, a little bit like, well, to begin with, it was the, the rogue MP releasing a secret recording to inflict maximum damage. You know, like more and it's caught the world's attention. Simon Bridges' potty mouth on global display. So we had the potty mouth thing and there was uh, outrage to do with Back that. Back home, voters are not impressed by what's been said. That I cannot handle. Right. I mean, okay. if you put that MasterChef music under that voiceover, it's basically like some kind of disaster movie um, voiceover, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Okay, so... Yeah, that's where it started. I mean, it, it, it did feel like it was a big scandal. Oh, yeah, anyway, you were going to say what? Well, it was like, OK, we've got this tape coming out. I got the feeling, right, we've got dirt on this guy. We'll go a full court Kavanaugh. We'll go with 100%. fully Weinstein the guy. 100%. And um, that'll see him off. Here's the thing. If they had all of this... And, and the media ran, all of the media all ran with that. And, OK, they've got to report what's going on. But I just, I was wanting for a little media that was looking down on it from above yeah. or from sideways, uh, from askance, going, oh, this, the National Party have done a good job on this, haven't they? In saying, look over there. Yes. Two wrongs make a who cares. Yes, correct. I'm with you on this. And more to the point, if they had all of this dirt on this guy, why hasn't he's why didn't it come out before now? Mm. You know, this all of a sudden you're just you've you've got all of this ammunition that you dump in one great hit. Yeah. But I'm with you on the fact that there's not a lot of commentary on the commentary. That's what we're here for, I suppose. There you Tamar, go. in meta. some ways. God, we're meta. Jeez. Oh. Oh, Louise. We'll do our best. Um, and you shall be the judge. But it was a magnificently successful campaign in saying, look over there. It very Not that much was. The, the tapes weren't that damning for Simon Bridges on their own. Oh, I mean, I think the more... It, well, I mean... The pews two weren't happy. Indians in the hand is worth one Chinese in the bush, I thought was a little um, right. problematic. We'll get on to that. Here the, here's the pew problem from the tapes. Hi, Duncan, says June Briggs. This is Maureen Pugh's mother. This is the MP who was described as effing useless uh, by Simon Bridges, his own MP. Hi, Duncan, I'd like to say something about Simon Bridges and the remark he made about my daughter, Maureen Pugh. He really must be dumb as, as my daughter is a hard worker for National and she got more votes for them than any other Nat on the West Coast. And to call her useless is insulting and a lie. As far as I'm concerned, Bridges can go suck eggs and he'll never get our vote as long as he's in power and my bottom points to the ground. Get Mark Richardson in power immediately. June Briggs. Thank you, June. What a delightful email. Thank you so much. I think we understand what you're saying. That's the AMS How or AM show uh, with Duncan Garner. Um, I'd also like to say that June Briggs must be somewhere in her 80s, I'm guessing, late 70s, 80s, and I just like that she's saying to somebody to go suck eggs. Yeah, good one. Excellent.
Genius. Well, I can teach you how, by the way, you young, um, young fella. I'd also like to say that the Herald tried to copy that. I think off, off the success of June Bridges' commentary, the, the Herald then went to uh, Simon Bridges' mother and got some comments from her today, which we don't have. But I thought that was just a little bit copycat and it was a bit lame, mm. actually. Yeah. Uh, the media sniffed, I think, on the general a corpse, and there's a thing called um, corpse <laughs> king um, in Washington. Yes. And this is what happened, wasn't it? It was like, we've all smelt it. Yes. Um, let's go. Yes. Okay. Uh, this happened early on, and it was portentous. Listen to the background. We can't bleep it. We shan't, because it's important in the, in the public interest. It was a heckler in the middle of a news conference. We should say this of the recording, um, and we discussed matters associated with that. Can I make um, one uh, amendment, I guess, to, to what I right. said yesterday? I... A passerby, how portentous. Yes. That was on the Tuesday prior to uh, all of the allegations of mm. the women coming out around this a particular issue. Right. Paula Bennett made some comments and was kind of caught out. Uh, on the AMTOW, on the AM show, and beautifully um, paralleled by a satirist by the name of uh, Mr Sainsbury, not Mark. Yes, Thomas Sainsbury, who has been doing a good Paula Bennett impression for a fair while now. This is gold. Uh, as part of his Snapchat celebrity okay. impersonations. It is genius. It is lovely. Uh, cast your mind back to the time. Oh, gosh. As they say, a week, a long time in politics. This was, what, Tuesday? Here yep. we go. Hi, sweeties. It's me, Paula Bennett. Just one word. F***ing Chardonnay. Sorry, that's two words. Three words, glug, glug, glug. What a f***ing day it's been. So, after you saw me this morning, I went on to the AM show with that Duncan Garner. What a piece of work he is trying to trip me up the entire time. But, you know, the thing about me and Duncan Garner is, is that there's quite a bit of chemistry. Like, um, there's that, I hate you so much, but we're attracted to each other physically and sexually. Came home from that, you know, there I was saying, I don't know anything about the 100 grand, you know, don donation that... Um, Jamie Lee was talking about. Then Jamie Lee releases a taped conversation that he had with Simon Bridges in which Simon Bridges clearly talks about the 100 grand donation like he knows exactly what he's talking about. So I was caught out on a f***ing lie with Duncan Garner. Oh, Jesus, where's the bottle? Where's the bottle? <laughs> oh, look, honestly, that... If anything, it was the satire this week that really... The civilian Tom Sainsbury, there yep. was a lot of that stuff that really kept me going this week, I must yep. say. Yeah, part of the um, corpse attack, uh, it, it took all sorts of forms. One of the women talked about incoherent rages and brutal sex, saying he is a master manipulator and a deceitful liar. Even though the encounters were consensual, one woman felt Mr Ross 100% groomed her. It's OK. So the tape's gone and now everyone's over here at the carcass, right? That's right. Far out. OK, now... Like vultures feeding on it. Isn't it? Yeah. A little bit. And here is... Is it Topher O'Brien from yeah. News Hub here? News Hub uh, political reporter. Okay. Editor. 
editor right. uninformed. Among other things, he's been accused of brutal and misogynistic sex. He's been labelled a narcissist who left them fearful of him. Two of them say they had affairs with him and it's claimed he fell into incoherent rages and was a master manipulator. Ross has told News Hub he's considering legal action over the allegations and this afternoon he fired his latest volley against the National Party, releasing a text exchange over donations but it missed the mark. First up, here's Jenna Lynch with the women who have turned on Jamie Lee Ross. Jamie Lee Ross has had a lot to say over the past few days. Today, four women had their turn, outlining a series of allegations painting Ross as a vindictive narcissist who abused his power. Okay, and more besides. <sighs> and uh, this was uh, taken and analysed yes. and reformed by Mr Sainsbury again. Yes, Mr Thomas Sainsbury again. Funnily enough, I came across this having watched some of the news reporting and had the same this same very thought, which he addresses, I think, in this piece, which is around the tone of some of this reportage. Yeah, tonage is the, is the thrust here. Tonage is the thrust. It says Tovera, but I think it might be Jenna Lynch. I don't know. I'll leave it up to Sainsbury, not Mark. Hello, my name is Tover O'Brien and I am the political reporter for News Hub. I have created a new way of reporting where I don't just mention the facts, but I also imbue my opinion on those facts with my tone of voice. And I am disgusted by the behaviour of Paula Bennett and Jamie Lee Ross and Simon Bridges. But please keep doing things. Please, the bigger the scandal, the better it is for me. Like, honestly, I totally live for this shit, man. Like, you should have seen me at high school. Like, at high school, I was the girl that was, like, started all the shit happening. And then I just stepped back and watched it all unfold. Like, that's the kind of girl I was at high school. Jamie Lee Ross just do does, like, a postal or something. Like, I would totally love to report on that shit. It's satire, people. If you're listening in the, in the office... Yes, it is satire. Satire. <laughs> Quite clearly satire. Actually, again, prescient satire. I mean, this is the thing. Like, you, the, this week, everything unfolded so quickly that you couldn't predict what the next thing was going to be. Yeah. It was ridiculous. The tape, gone. Any accusations around Simon Bridges, gone. Yeah. All over there. Carcass. <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell. Oh, it was a complete accident, but if you wanted a piece of demonization. This was absolutely magnificent. I fell off my chair. It was 4 p.m. on this station, and they're doing the news. It's simply a technical mistake, but if you take it in context, well, just enjoy. Kiora, it's four o'clock. I'm Jeff Bryan. Renegade MP Jamie Lee Ross has just released a secret recording of Simon Bridges relating to his claims of electoral donation fraud. Police are now investigating the Botany MP's accusations against the national leader following a two-hour meeting. Mr Ross says he made the recordings because he felt uncomfortable about being asked to conceal a large donation. <laughs> Well, obviously, we've got problems with Jamie Lee Ross there. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, it just happened and it had to be replayed. That's better than the um, stand-up that everybody was... There was a screen capture of one of the journalists standing outside his uh, electorate office, which oh. is next door to a hell pizza. And there was a lot of people on Twitter that had oh, screen captured that. Right. 
This is better, this audio. Yeah, I think so. Oh. Um, yeah, all in all, I just thought a lot of it was a bit too easy. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's our commentary on the commentary. Uh, yeah, so, there. Uh, Andrew Dickens said something on Newstalk ZB. I just think it's a stupid... ...days that we've had in politics and in uh, our national conversation. Can I just go on record as saying that none of the players in the conversations that we had over the last two uh, days... I like. I don't like any of them at all. I mean, Jamie Lee Ross, my God. He was best mates with Simon Bridges and he shafted his leader. He was the numbers man. He helped him out. He helped elect uh, Simon Bridges just months ago. But, oh, look at that. We're friends like Jamie who needs enemies. And then there's the smear campaign that, of course, you know, uh, Bridges and Co and whoever organised it. Who's, who's running this campaign, this thing, this circus, this carnival? The smear campaign is extremely distasteful. You know, Jamie Lee Ross is mad. His mental health issue is embarrassing. That was bad enough. He's a liar, he's duplicitous, he's disloyal. Uh, at the end of all the names that the National Caucus has called him in the last 24 hours, I'd be a little bit mentally unstable myself, really. And a highlight of that low behaviour came late yesterday, I don't know if you call it, Jamie Lee Ross claimed, of course, that Simon Bridges was going to level sexual harassment claims against him. Later that night, Paula Bennett came out and said, no, no, the claims were actually about inappropriate behaviour for a married man. Well, thank you, Paula. Far better to call someone you thought was mentally unstable an adulterer rather than a harasser. Good for you. By the way, adultery, not a crime either. Honestly, all these people are horrible. They are quite awful. Yeah. I'm kind of with them. And no that. crime. And no crime. Adultery isn't a crime. I oh. mean, bullying isn't a crime either, but it is more problematic potentially oh. in a in a in the current climate of the world that we live in. And an unhappy sexual relationship for something. But it was they've uh, everyone said it was the the women have said it was consensual. Exactly right. But but also again I go back to but the not fact good. of uh, uh, consensual but not good, and that that's a thing. But also, if there was an understanding within the party that such behaviour existed and that it was problematic, and if that understanding has been around for a while... Yes. ..the question must be asked as to why it's only just been raised well, I think someone said it was week. only just in the last couple of weeks or something, but um, <sighs> if it was... Absolute it, rubbish yes. is what I'm saying. Yes. My commentary on the commentary. Yes, Opinions abused. and all the I've rest of it. I've been abused by Jamie Lee. Mm, mm. All right. What's in it for us? I don't know. Oh, we, we've said too much, we've gone too far. No, we haven't. I think we've just summed things up. Um, and then... He turns up at Diwali after the Indian... Bridges, uh, you're talking about Bridges now. Bridges turns yeah. up at Diwali after saying on tape that uh, Indians... No, Chinese were two Indians or something or other. In the political sphere, whatever. But... It was like something out of the office. It was, uh, it was David it Brent. It was having to turn up at Diwali after saying something like that. He had a dot on his head and a garland round his and neck. And a garland, for God's sake! Yeah, it was. You couldn't script it. <laughs> it was better. It, and the most awkward press conference or the most awkward interview on camera as well. I thought around that stuff. It was. It was horrific. Because Very he David... knew that he had a dot on his head, and he <laughs> knew what the tape had been the day before, and he looked like David Brent. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> it's awkward being in a minority, isn't it? Sometimes, Simon Bridges. <laughs> Depends where you are. 
Anyway. Look, before we go to an ad break, let's have a break from this sort of... That's, that's look, just that's it, a, too serious for us. It is. Isn't really. it? Yeah. We've done quite well, a lot of it. Just, I don't know. It was just you could... Wherever the media were, were like, sort of trained to go, they went. Yes, without looking behind the... At the person operating the spotlight. Maybe. Let's yeah. say. Yeah. They looked okay. at where the spotlight was shining, not the, the person operating the spotlight. There we go. One of my favourite journalists on the planet, Lise Doucette, uh, frequently broadcasting live amongst shrapnel in a barely covering and quite comely um, flak jacket <laughs> uh, from time to time on NewsHour and then five minutes later interviewing the president of Nigeria and grilling him. Um, she's in Afghanistan at the moment covering the election. So... When people are worrying about what toilets to use or pronouns and things like that, um, I sat down and listened to Lise Doucette. She just came on the radio and this happened and a hell of a lot of perspective happened. Today, Afghans are voting in parliamentary elections for the third time since the fall of the Taliban in 2001. Already there have been major problems. Yesterday, the authorities in the southern Kandahar province postponed today's vote for a week. This following the killing of a local police chief, General Abdul Razik, along with the province's intelligence chief. Well, our chief international correspondent, Lise Doucette, is on the line from the capital, Kabul. How do you assess the mood on, on voting day, Lise? Taliban are blocking roads in some of the southern provinces so that voters can't reach the polling stations. But I've just been out on the streets of Kabul and I have to tell you, I went into one polling station that I have visited every time I've covered elections in Afghanistan since the fall of the Taliban. It was absolutely packed. In the women's side, there was a crush of women all trying to get in to cast their ballots. And on the men's side as well, a long queue uh, winding around uh, the, the schoolyard. You have to be impressed by the bravery of Afghans to come out in such large number despite the real threats by the Taliban to stop this voting. The events in southern Kandahar province, which I mentioned at the start of this conversation, how significant uh, are they and that postponement, do you think? Oh, huge, huge, huge. If a powerful police chief like General Abdul Razik isn't safe, then who is safe in Afghanistan? It sent a shiver in the spine of this country. Then they started to say that this must unify this. I have really been struck uh, in the, the last week uh, in Kabul how many Afghans have said to me, I'm not afraid. I'm not going to let the Taliban scare me. I am not going to let the Taliban win. They really deserve a badge of courage for even for turning out to vote in what should be the most normal uh, processes in any country around the world. I mean, so many young Afghans said to me, I don't know when I leave my house in the morning whether I will go home alive. If, when you live in such darkness, every bright light burns brightly. And in this election, there are more young, educated Afghans running than ever before, including four, more than 400 women in the some 2,500 candidates. Just by the very mere fact of voting, you send a strong message to the Taliban, who vowed, of course, to stop this process. You tell them that this is something that matters to Afghans. It certainly won't be perfect, and there will be certainly be some of the old bad faces and corrupt forces in it. But the hope is that it will have a slightly different complexion. As imperfect as it is, let's show 
that we mm. can hold elections because mm. these are run by Afghans. The security forces are led by Afghans. This is an Afghan-led process. No one's saying that this is going to be a textbook election, but at least if it's uh, something that Afghans can say, we did it and let's go on. Auckland. 100.6 FM. Radio Live. Curiosity not only killed the cat, it spawned a whole radio show. Graham Hill's Weekend Variety Wireless on Radio Live. After dark, worrisome and disturbing stuff <coughs> concerning uh, Simon Bridges, Jamie Lee Ross and others, we have Bridges Light Relief. Here he was this week um, trying to get a word out. It reminded me of something. You, you threw this at me. I did throw this at you. Do you know what it reminded me of? Billy T. James. <laughs> he certainly he certainly didn't get that from me. <laughs> you mean... So I misinterpreted, misinterpreted, so I got it wrong. But you know what I mean, though, eh? I mean, it's a gift, right? Isn't it? It was just absolutely perfect, Billy T. James. Uh, kids under 15, go look them up. <laughs> Ex- uh, Possibly kids under further. 20. I mm. mean, it's depressing, isn't it? But, yeah. Oh, whatever. <sighs> Please. My favourite bands, I never got to see them live. They'd all split up but by the time I was into them, so it's not an excuse. It was, oh, before my time. That's going to be Grievance 168. Oh, it's before my time. Oh, right. Doesn't yeah. mean that you shouldn't know about it. Heard of World War Two? Yeah, before my time. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is beautiful from Glasgow, uh, from London. I think it's self-explanatory. Should it, we look I think into it, it is. Yeah. Lovely. From Parliament, question time, sort of thing. Can I ask the honourable gentleman what work is being done to make sure that this place is more accessible, particularly for some of our colleagues who have a disability? I'm sorry. It must be something to do with my antipathy and background. Could he please repeat the question because I didn't follow it? <laughs> well, what can be done to make sure that those with a disability are able to move around more freely and the place is accessible? I'm really sorry. Please, could he do it very slowly in oh, antipathy no. in English? Thank you. Just give any old answer. I, th- I, think the answer- <coughs> I think the answer might be helped if you can reply in writing. And don't make it an Oggams. I mean, that was a New Zealand-born English MP, Sir Paul Beresford, struggling to understand uh, David Linden due to the Glaswegian accent, just for clarity. It is actually slightly anglicised Glaswegian as well. I could understand it. Yeah. I mean, is, all, is that just because I've watched train spotting? I don't know. I mean... Tag it. <laughs> and tag it. There you go. Or if you follow Manchester United, if you want to know what formation they're going to have... On come Saturday, you had to know what Mark's here on a college night. Is it a fuck or something? What? Um, Because that was Ferguson. There you go. All right. Um, But a real Glasgow... He he would have trouble with a real Glasgow accent done off the cuff. A good example would be, let's say, the equivalent of... Let's say a Glaswegian version of Jerry Springer. Where oh, people yeah. are just having a go at each other. Oh, well, yeah. 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 They're just free-form bass. This sounds like we're right up my alley. Yeah. Here it is. Glasgow Jerry Springer. When I, when I select somebody else, I tell her that. Oh, but it's there, it's there. Are you not But did I do it apart from that, did I? Yeah. You did. But, but so good. now you're going to say, see, when you finally get the boss to admit it, you've got to say one or two lasses. So it's, clear, why, eh? it's clear. It's clear. Not a f***ing Guess what your daughter will see when she's 
Adia, honestly, and you know what? What's the point in your going to have you all your the next couple of days? No, when, you're no, when you're no new Terry, when you're a wee bubbling and green, you're going to come bubbling and green on your knees and going about. It's weird as always, but I don't want to talk to you. That is spectacular. What's the name of the show? I don't know. It's the equivalent of that sort of thing. I'm going to Google it. That's my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> like learning a new language. Well, some bright spark said, I don't know who it was, one day, a language is an accent with an army. There you go. All right. Um, now, uh, interesting thing I noticed on the news from TVNZ. Kind of bizarre. There was this guy escaped from the police. He went out to a boat and they grabbed him and they arrested him. It was in the news this week. Mm. He was bobbing around in the water. And the commentator said, well, this. The man driving a wanted fugitive with several warrants out on his name. Stunned locals provided commentary. Well, you can see the boat. It's really not moving anywhere. And um, he's just bobbing up and down. They have guns. They have um, police dogs. Hang on, you're there, you're pointing the camera at the locals and they're telling us what's going on. Oi, turn camera <laughs> around, show us what's there. Or, if it had happened previously, don't say that they're commentating, or use your powers of description as a journalist and tell us what actually happened. This is a desperate plea to my th way of thinking of... Let's involve, it's kind of like camera social media. This person tweeted, this, that person tweeted. It's, yes. It's weird. On his name. Stunned locals provided commentary. Well, you can... The camera's at them. See the boat, it's really not moving anywhere, and um, he's just bobbing up and down. They have guns. They have um, police dogs. So why are you there? Um, this actually also reminds me of, uh, I saw just a little comment on Twitter this week. There was a massive storm in Sydney. I think it was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and somebody astute tweeted, hey, journalists, your job is not to report the people who say it's raining and the people who say it's not raining. Yeah. Your job is to look out the window and tell us, tell us if it's raining. Right. Nice. Yeah, good. That. Yeah. So Good they had, the, you know, exactly the same situation over in Sydney. I didn't mention this on air. We did in the air break, didn't we? Uh, uh, this from the New Zealand Herald. It was a comment piece. Trump has given every despot on the planet a licence to kill. Mm. False. False. They've had licence. Turkey didn't need Trump's permission no. to kill off no. in prison or disappear uh, 13,000 journalists. Yeah. Did they? No. Saudi Arabia do it every day. Anyway. Khashoggi, there's outrage. Good. At last. What about last weekend when they were beheading gays? Mm. Uh, it's, it's mainly because he was a wa washpo journo, right? <coughs> right. That's but there, the are issue. there are Pakistani journalists who are being murdered and hatcheted to, to death, uh, Bangla Bangladeshi and Pakistani. Correct. On, on a big list being hatcheted to death there as well. Um, you don't need to look far to find these outrages. And in fact, um, I think the, the funniest, funny in the most ironic sense, Turkey seeing a journalist killed, they are feigning outrage, aren't they? Mm. Mm. But in fact, I believe that they are Erdogan's at home going, 
You guys stuffed this up. That's not how you do it. Yeah, right? <laughs> Wait, you're amateurs. I'll show you how to do it. You can do it with impunity. And I'm I'm outraged. I am outraged with uh, Erdogan. So here we go. It's boo. Boo right. Utrecht from yeah. down in New Zealand. Yeah, I put the G in there just because I don't like him. All right, I don't pronounce his name correctly. Good. Spite. Anything more from you before we go to our New Zealand accent of the week? No. All right. Are you? Um, are we saving Uber for another we time? Are. Okay. We are. Fair enough. I, do you think it'll keep? I think it'll keep. We it's do love him. It's going to have to because yeah. we have the secret of unopened muscles from MasterChef coming up <gasps> next. You should stick around. We're going to a muscle specialist. We're going to answer a big, big, fat question. But here is our accent, New Zealand accent of the week. It can be no other. Come on down. From the tape. Simon Wardles. Um, look, I just think we want it for... Life, the universe, and everything in between. Graham Hill's Weekend Variety Wireless on Radio Live. MasterChef has ended. MasterChef Australia. Uh, Nappy Neck announced the winner. And uh, it was Vijay Singh and who came second, Barbecue Ben. But during the show, uh, I noticed... This. I've got my garlic in the wok with my pippies and some chilies. Very ever pick through those pippies. Remember? Yeah. How are they done? All open. They're yum. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna start to pick them out now. That's it. Come on, guys. I can't take the risk of leaving an unopened one in that dish. I'm shaking the muscles and I want them all open. You can't put a closed muscle on the plate. Yeah, don't don't leave a closed one in there. I'm looking at my muscles, I've checked them. They look like they're all open. Can't have you double checked? There are no closed ones in there. Yeah, I've, I've, I've taken out them individually. Yeah, good on you, mate. Right, there it is. As we all know, you cook your muscles. If they're unopened, throw them out. They will kill you. True or false? Megan Blom is with us, and she knows a thing or two about muscles from Nelson. You're part of a muscle company, Megan. I sure am. Name it. Do us a favour. Do yourself a favour because you are doing this just out of the goodness of your heart. I sure am. Yeah, so my family owns Mills Bay Muscles and we are a muscle company based in Havelock. So we get Marlborough Sounds muscles and they're distributed all across New Zealand to restaurants and supermarkets and fisheries. And we also have a small um, shop at our factory where we have an open kitchen and we do lots of different things with muscles and show people how awesome muscles can really be. So, Great. Now, yeah, to, the point, the to the point at hand uh, in question, um, an unopened muscle after you've cooked them, uh, why should we freak out? What's going on there at MasterChef? Well, it's, it's an age-old myth that um, we... We don't know where it came from, but it seems to be that everybody thinks that if your muscle doesn't open, that you can't eat it. But um, I'm pretty confident to say that they are perfectly fine, and I would say that some of them are even more delicious. Because when you steam them, they have a small muscle called an abductor muscle, which keeps the shell closed. And sometimes it catches, and it just stays, stays closed. Yeah. And all you have to do is scrape it with a knife 
and it will open, and it's still a perfectly delicious muscle. I spoke with someone near you who works at his work desk. has got a microscope on it, and he wears a lab coat, and he works with muscles, and he said there's absolutely no reason to worry about them either as far as any poisons or illness goes. Uh, in fact, he said that they're probably healthier because they're hanging on longer. Yeah, because they're strong, so they, they stay closed, and he's absolutely right. And, um, yeah, so if you're throwing out a muscle that's not not opening, you're really just wasting a delicious muscle. Yeah. It's weird, this, isn't it, how these things get passed on um, and, like, received knowledge is great truth. People get freaked out, too. I mean, there would be people who'd like to be convinced of this, but they'd cook muscles and might throw them away because, oh, oh, I still don't feel good about it. Yeah, and back in the day, I'm sure that if you went to the fish market and you, you didn't really know how old the mussels were or something, um, you might have had to be careful, but we have such a rigorous food safety system. Like, we test the water, we um, temperature control it. They're all hand-graded, so you can you can tell when a mussel is, is off, and they're not left in the tank for more than, um, uh, like, the expiry date. They're, they're always fresh, so there's... Now it's so controlled that um, you don't have to be worried about getting sick from a muscle and definitely not from one that doesn't open. Yeah. All right. Thank you for putting us right on that. I needed an expert, someone who deals in muscles. An unopened muscle after being cooked, don't worry about it. If it's open before it's cooked, tap it and see if it closes. If not, well, that might be an idea. But unopened muscles after being cooked, get into them. Good stuff. Thank you so much, Megan, from Mills Bay. Muscle rig, good for you.